breaking news today on Jay Sekio Live reports that later on today at that news conference, the President of the United States will declare a national emergency over COVID-19. We'll talk about that and more today on Jay Sekio Live. Live from Washington, D.C., Jay Sekulo Live. Phone lines are open for your questions right now. Call 1-800-684-3110. That's 1-800-684-3110. And now, your host, Jordan Sekulo. Welcome to Jay Sekulo Live. Well, we now know the reports are why the president is holding uh, another uh, news conference this afternoon uh 3 p.m eastern time if you get this broadcast live that's just in uh, a few hours from right now he is reported to actually he will be declaring and i want to make this clear for everybody listening right now so listen closely he will declare a national emergency on friday that's today over the covid19 outbreak he will invoke the stafford act which opens the door to more federal aid for states and municipalities The move would allow the government to marshal additional resources to combat the virus and also marks a turning point uh, for this uh, response because now being declared a national emergency under the Stafford Act. An emergency declaration also allows a state to request a 75% federal cost share for expenses (coughs) that include emergency workers, medical tests, medical supplies, vaccinations, security for medical facilities, and more. There's also a lot of other powers that come under the Stafford Act. That's what it seems like the focus will be from the president today is the economic relief and the support from the federal government to the states when they request that report. Uh, But I want to go right to Than Bennett in Washington, D.C. Than, as the president said, he will do everything he can. This is kind of the final step of executive action uh, through the use of his executive authority. Uh, The Stafford Act under a national emergency, gives the president wide powers. And there's been a bipartisan call for him to do it, so whatever actions he takes, I guess they won't make partisan, even though I have this feeling they will. I sure hope not. Look, this is not that dissimilar from other declarations the president has made when the when the conditions called for it. Uh, Jordan, as of now, it does look like there will be bipartisan support for this announcement. I hope that w- that, that will stick. But Jordan, I got to tell you, I have my doubts because of some issues that I know we're going to get into here in a little bit. But even, even the funding bill, Jordan, to fund a lot of this that has to originate in Congress, that's gotten tied up in, in politics. It's gotten tied up in, of all things, Jordan, funding abortion. So, look, I hope the bipartisan support for the declaration will stick, but color me a little bit skeptical. Yeah, you know who to blame why there's been legislation tied up in the House of Representatives to get more funding on COVID-19? Because Nancy Pelosi tried to sneak in a work around the Hyde Amendment, which bars your federal taxpayer dollars from paying for abortions or reimbursing for the payment of abortions in the United States. She wanted to include that in the COVID-19 funding. We say they worship at the altar of abortion, even at a time of national emergency. Anybody blaming the president, just look to Nancy Pelosi and her abortion acolytes because they tried to pull a fast one. The administration caught them, Than, and they are correcting this. But I want to make it clear, as Than said, the, 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 the issue of abortion and Nancy Pelosi's dedication to it at all costs, her worship, and the Democrats' worship of abortion is why COVID-19 funding, the bill is being uh, slowed down, slowed down in the House of Representatives. 
Pelosi's first proposal would have made up to a billion dollars not subject to the Hyde Amendment. There is only one reason for including that in the proposal. It's because she eventually wanted it to flow to abortion providers who would otherwise uh, be barred from receiving it. Yes, you're right. Kudos to the Trump administration, specifically Secretary Mnuchin, who's been negotiating through the night. I'm told there were eight phone calls overnight, Jordan. And it because of those negotiations, it looks like that language is coming out. I would tell you this, though. We haven't seen it yet. The only language we've seen from Speaker Pelosi actually still includes that that workaround of the Hyde Amendment. So good job to the administration. Well, I do want to see the language before I tell you it's closed and sealed. All right, folks. Yeah, that's not over yet. She got caught, but it's not over yet. So that funding keeps being not moving forward because they wanted to put abortion funding in a workaround the Hyde Amendment. How gross is that? In a time when we're about to have a national emergency declared. 1-800-684-3110 to talk to us on air. That's 1-800-684-3110. We'll be right back. At the American Center for Law and Justice, we're engaged in critical issues at home and abroad. Whether it's defending religious freedom, protecting those who are persecuted for their faith, uncovering corruption in the Washington bureaucracy, and fighting to protect life in the courts and in Congress, the ACLJ would not be able to do any of this without your support. For that, we are grateful. Now there's an opportunity for you to help in a unique way. For a limited time, you can participate in the ACLJ's Matching Challenge. For every dollar you donate, it will be matched. A $10 gift becomes $20. A $50 gift becomes $100. This is a critical time for the ACLJ. The work we do simply would not occur without your generous support. Take part in our Matching Challenge today. You can make a difference in the work we do, protecting the constitutional and religious freedoms that are most important to you and your family. Give a gift today online at aclj.org. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org slash gift. So I want you all to understand what you will hear from the president later on today. In just a few hours, there will be a declaration of a national emergency. Now, that should not make you panic anymore. This is, in fact, a step you take so that your state has more resources available to it. And Than, that's the real point of this is, is unleashing the full power of the federal government to help the states prepare and deal with COVID-19. This is not like... Oh, because uh, it, 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 there are acts that can be taken under this, trap more travel restrictions and things like that. So far, the reporting about what the president will announce has mostly been focused on the economic side of this. 
Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that it does, Jordan, is it speeds up the delivery of the funding that is coming. You know, some of the funding has already been appropriated. The administration already has it. Uh, more of it's coming through this bill that's going to originate in the House later today. Uh, but by making this declaration, Jordan, what it does is it eliminates some of the bureaucratic hurdles that that funding has to go through. So when you talk about sending testing to states, uh, you've, you've got to have the funding to get the transportation there to, to actually administer the testing. This will speed up that process. But I would just say this, Jordan. And I, I really do think it's important to mention this. There needs to be pressure on Washington, D.C. right now to stand together on this because, look, there was every bit as much justification for the national emergency declaration the president issued uh, down at the southern border not that long ago. That was viscerally opposed uh, by uh, large factions here in Washington, D.C. Jordan, that can't happen in this instance. There can't be a delay. And they uh, they need to come together here in Washington, D.C. and make this about combating the virus and and not about playing politics. We've already seen games, Jordan. Those games need to end here. Yes, I mean, the fact that we're talking about abortion funding in the COVID-19 relief bill by the House of Representatives just tells you the priorities of the Democrats. Let me just be clear. Democrats, blame them. Blame Nancy Pelosi right now. And remember that when you vote in November 3rd. Remember that when Joe Biden tries to cover for. He's a guy who switched on the Hyde Amendment. We don't need to be talking about the Hyde Amendment right now when we're talking about COVID-19 because it has nothing to do with the response to COVID-19. And yet Nancy Pelosi wanted to make sure that there would be a billion dollars that could reimburse uh, uh, these abortion providers in the labs or in the clinics that pay for abortions. Understand that. So if you're looking for someone to blame about why there's been some delays by the, the Congress... Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats who worship at the altar of abortion. They couldn't let a good disaster go to waste. They had to try because they, again, abortion is their number one issue. It is their, it is their religion of the Democrat party. As uh, many of the candidates, when they were asked, is there room for pro-life Democrats in the party? Most said, no, the ones who said yes said, sure, I'll take their vote, but I'm not going to do anything about being you know, pro-life. So understand, folks, that they were willing to hold up the funding and not just pass something clean through on what to do in response to COVID-19 because of abortion. Now, they got caught by the administration. They say then they're going to take this out of the legislation, but we haven't seen that draft yet. And if it's coming from Nancy Pelosi, which it will be in the Democrats, it'll have to be read that much more closely because she's tried to pull this now in the House, delaying it yet again. You're going to have to take the time to read it, and that's why, frankly, Jordan, even though I'm glad that the administration caught them, I'm glad that Secretary Mnuchin negotiated this. I want to see the language and make sure that it's pulled out of there. And again, just to be crystal clear, Jordan, this was not an accident, because if 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 this had been a regular supplemental bill, it would have been subject to all the discretionary restrictions that always happen when money goes through uh, the Department of Health and Human Services. That includes the Hyde Amendment. Jordan, they had to have specific language in there to make a billion dollars of this package circumvent that process and make it mandatory and i won't get into all the other problems that making it mandatory uh comes with that means it would probably never go away jordan but the only reason you would do that is so that it could be sent to to abortion providers that were prohibited under the hyde amendment she's gonna say jordan that that's not the case today and that, that republicans were actually trying to insert language there is no other reason that this provision would have been in there that then that she wanted to make this coronavirus uh, supplemental also about abortion folks we're going to take your phone calls 1-800-684-3110 that's 
1-800-684-3110. Again, 1-800-684-3110. We're going to update you, too, on what's going on with FISA as well uh, because that is set to expire Sunday. So, uh, again, uh, with the with FISA, uh, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act provisions set to expire on Sunday, and the president, who has not made a complete veto threat but is definitely uh, uh, given a nod to those that he might in fact, veto if 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 it comes to him in the form it is now, uh, because there are not enough safeguards in place to protect the civil liberties and the constitutional uh, rights of Americans. And when it comes to due process, after the abuses that we've seen, and the FISA court itself, the FISC has told us that how the FBI and DOJ have misused this. So there's uh, again, there's, it's inter- interesting to me that you've got uh, kind of widespread support for. Spying like this from Democrats, who are supposed to be the you know the key on civil libertarians, yet it's Republicans, some of whom are saying the reforms just don't go far enough. There are reforms here, but some are just saying it's not enough. And by the way, the extension is pretty long. The extension would go into 2023, which means we can't predict who the president would be next time this comes around or who the attorney general will be. Uh, so you might like the current president, the current attorney general, and trust them to do the right things, but would you trust anyone else? I mean, that's how broadly you'd have to open this up because we have no idea who that attorney general will be come 2023. We just don't know. So, again, 1-800-684-3110. Now, in a, in a case that we're working on that actually involves abortion, uh, a victory. No, the sidewalk outside an abortion clinic is not a pro-life free speech zone. Uh, it's becoming more and more important that pro-life advocates understand their right to freedom of speech under the First Amendment. And the ACLJ was recently successful in securing the rights of our client to engage women on the public property outside of abortion facilities in Charlotte, North Carolina. You know, it's all about the willingness of our client and others like them to minister to women seeking an abortion and save lives. And by the way, this came through aclj.org forward slash help. That person emailed in said, I think that my rights are being violated. And so they contact, They were in contact with an ACLJ attorney. Guess what? Their rights were being violated because of an overbroad city uh, code. And we have a victory report. So the city passed a subjective noise ordinance in June of 2019. The ordinance created a 150-foot noise buffer extending from healthcare facilities' property lines, making it unlawful to produce amplified sound or intentionally produce, intentionally cause to be produced, or intentionally participate in producing any sound so unreasonably loud that because of its volume, it unreasonably disturbs, injures, or endangers health, peace, or safety of patients in the facility. Now, there's no decibel gauges to explain what level of sound would be unreasonable. They didn't tell you that. And no other set standards for what the appropriate level of sound would be. So this would be, again, easy to enforce against anyone they felt like enforcing against. So the lack of a clear standard for what constitutes, quote, unreasonably loud or what disturbs the patient uh, prevents individuals from knowing whether they're uh, speech, which should be free speech, violates the ordinance. Well, we took this to uh, Charlotte, and and we pointed out their flaws in their reasoning. And we can now uh, report that after reaching out to the Charlotte city attorney, uh, we have gotten assurances uh, and uh, and a guarantee that our clients will not be in violation of the ordinance if they maintain a conversational tone inside the abortion clinic's buffer zone, and that they can retain that letter as an assurance that the city will not prosecute them. We ensured the rights of our clients and those like them to continue their con- to follow their convictions 
And as always, the ACLJ will continue to fight for the constitutional rights of all U.S. citizens, including the unborn. Dan, these are these, again, sneaky codes that are put in place. And as our attorneys pointed out, it came in through aclj.org forward slash help. We've got all those attorneys ready to respond because people donate to the ACLJ and support the work of the ACLJ. But it was a vague code. Doesn't tell you what is too loud. Doesn't tell you what's going to disturb someone. And so now we've got the letter from the city attorney saying, this is, this is the case if you're just doing it like a conversational tone, absolutely no problem. And here's the letter you can you can keep with you so that you're not uh, at, uh, at any risk of being arrested and violating this code. Jordan, we see these a lot, and it's a good thing that this one was quickly resolved. But here's the thing that always comes to mind when we get these cases quickly uh, wrapped up, and that is how many of these codes are out there that we haven't been contacted about. I mean, we have to hear from people who are willing to fight against these when when clearly the law is on their side, Jordan, and we can help them bring about a quick resolution, but it takes a partnership with, with the people whose rights are being violated. So I would just encourage people out there, if there's something like this, do contact us, uh, see if we can help. Uh, but in this case, Jordan, I mean, you, you want to talk about a quick resolution. We've had a couple of those uh, this week. It's always good to resolve them quickly rather than to have to go to court uh, over them uh, and, and litigate at length. But Jordan, then again, when you have to do that, we're ready to do that as well. Yeah, we had a big victory in Maryland this week. Uh, again, while we were on the air for life, we've had another victory for pro-life speech. So you see, we work on those life issues. We work on it from all angles. This legislation on COVID-19 that was trying to include a provision to walk around the Hyde Amendment. We want you to all remember who did that, Nancy Pelosi and Democrats. Remember that when you're voting. Remember that when you hear about, oh, Donald Trump's been too slow to respond. Maybe it's because Democrats in these negotiations are trying to put funding to abortion in the COVID-19 response. Then we had the victory in Maryland so that their state constitution did not include the right to abortion. And now a victory, that's against the abortion procedure, here a victory for pro-life speech. Support the work of the ACLJ. We've got a matching challenge right now at aclj.org. Double the impact your donation. Again, we're still a little bit behind in March. We need your donations and support. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org slash gift. At the American Center for Law and Justice, we're engaged in critical issues at home and abroad. Whether it's defending religious freedom, protecting those who are persecuted for their faith, uncovering corruption in the Washington bureaucracy, and fighting to protect life in the courts and in Congress, the ACLJ would not be able to do any of this without your support. For that, we are grateful. Now there's an opportunity for you to help in a unique way. For a limited time, you can participate in the ACLJ's Matching Challenge. For every dollar you donate, it will be matched. A $10 gift becomes $20. A $50 gift becomes $100. This is a critical time for the ACLJ. The work we do simply would not occur without your generous support. 
Take part in our matching challenge today. You can make a difference in the work we do, protecting the constitutional and religious freedoms that are most important to you and your family. Give a gift today online at aclj.org. Sure, many of you have questions about what it means if the president does, uh, as it's reported that he will do, uh, declare a national emergency in just a two and a half hours from now or so, uh, around 3 p.m. Eastern time when he addresses the nation yet again. Uh, most of this has to do with federal funding and state funding. But again, I ask because I, I think this is an important question to ask every day, and, and, and we can take these calls as we discuss other issues. But kind of how this is affecting you. Each day, when we now hear that, you know, it's not just the PGA Tour canceling up to the Masters, it's now the Masters tournament has been canceled. These are big events that are canceling. You have all of March Madness canceled. Not just players will play without fans, it's canceled. Uh, New York, Broadway is shut down. Uh, events, anything with over 500 people in New York, even restaurants have got to cut their size down. Uh, in uh, Out in the Pacific Northwest, you're seeing restrictions of of 250 or more and things like that. Uh, and then you're seeing states take actions as well. Schools closing all across the country. I mean, uh, some have been announced broadly on TV because they've been like statewide. Others are more based off uh, specific counties and the if there's been outbreaks there. Uh, but everything from preschool to daycares to high schools to colleges who have just sent people home and said, we're going to do it online for the rest of the year. You have two days to get out. So serious disruption, of course, to people's life. Can't take that away. The question is, how long are we looking at? Now, what Dr. Fossey has said, who's kind of leading this up from the, the medical side, is that he's looking at about eight weeks right now. That's two months. And he can't. he's not 100% on that. I think you have to prepare for potentially longer. He said a, a, a real, like a self-quarantining and a travel ban inside the country is on the table. Um, uh, 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 you know, this is all again, it's on the table, but that's not what this initial, uh, so far what's being reported, this initial declaration of a national emergency. I think the words may sound even worse than what it truly does than what it truly does is open up more federal funds that are available to the executive branch. Once this declaration is made to work with states who request certain funds. So it really empowers states to be uh, to work with the federal government, FEMA, and also get reimbursements and more money into the states, about $40 billion uh, available immediately. More funds, Jordan, more resources, and also more ability to sort of streamline the checklist process that it takes to move from one end of the bureaucratic process to the other. I mean, I would just tell people this. These emergency powers exist for specific reasons. Generally, uh, they come out of uh, statutory grants from Congress. It looks like that is what this one will be under the Stafford Act. Uh, again, we saw the same thing when it was down at the southern border. That was a statutory grant of an authority to the administration. And it, it, they exist for specific reasons. And in this case, Jordan, again, I think the most important reason, again, I haven't seen it, but I think the most important reason will be when this funding bill comes out of Congress and has all of these billions of dollars uh, for things like testing to send to the states. Uh, Jordan, you don't want to have to wait through two or three weeks of a bureaucratic process to get all of these sub offices uh, to sign off on it. I think what you will see in this declaration is an ability to make sure that those dollars get quickly to the states so that by, you know, maybe a week after the funding is passed, it's actually on the ground and people are being 
being tested with it. Um, that would very clearly, in my opinion, uh, meet the definition under the Stafford Act for declaring the emergency. And quite frankly, even if it sounds maybe a little alarmist than the president means it to or whether than he would like it to, you still have to do it uh, to get that end objective. I think it's all along those lines is what you'll see in this first stage. Again, we're taking your phone calls, too, and just kind of asking people around the country how it's affecting them. Is affecting your workplace. Is affecting uh, uh, your children, your grandchildren, schools, your job. As if you're a teacher, um, healthcare providers. If you work in that field as well, how it's affecting you? Uh, are your hospitals full that you work at? Things like that. I kind of you want to get a sense because we can then give people a sense from around the country what it's like from the hot zones to places that haven't really felt the the coronavirus uh, locally or even in their state at all. There are still states that have no reported cases as of today. Not many, but a few. Um, I saw, I think Hawaii had its first reported case in Alaska. Maybe not. I want to be clear. Alaska. Yeah. Alaska. I know reported its first, uh, case. Alabama has not reported a case. Now, some of this also goes to what testing is available and the people, you know, for instance, Ohio, they estimate that a hundred thousand people in Ohio have it. Now that doesn't mean a hundred thousand people will ever see the debilitating signs from it, but they're at least carrying it. Um, so their concern there is that uh, because of the numbers that they're seeing of where people have gotten infected, like, okay, well, how many people would it take to infect these people from across the state? They're saying, well, maybe about 100,000 then. And that means that, again, most of those people aren't sh- having serious symptoms. They aren't being hospitalized. They're continuing to spread it, though, because there's not a vaccine. So, I mean, there is a there are issues here. Now, the stock market, up a little bit. Now, it's trying to climb back after yesterday. I mean, it's it's making a push. As we said, this was a stock market that was close to passing thirty thousand, uh, was was on its way to possibly dipping below uh, twenty thousand, and now it's tr- it's like trying to hold up. It's it's not huge gains that we're seeing in, in this rebound right now. And and again, we do not know what will happen by the end of the day. Uh, does the national emergency declaration, because it releases more funds, help the stock market, or does it does it make, put people? into a another panic mode just because of the word and i want to be careful on this broadcast not to, not to do that and, and andy that's what's important here is that these national emergency declarations by the, the federal government by the president is is not to put people in more panic that's just what it's called and it's really so that states have more resources that's right we had a national emergency declaration as you recall, by President Trump when it came to the wall on the southern border and putting up the wall and stopping the illegal flow of, of migrants uh, that were coming in from Central America through via Mexico, that was declared a national emergency. It didn't put the country in a tailspin or a panic. And I think the same thing has to obtain here. There is a magic words that are used, as Than mentioned, that free up federal funds and that allow the government to marshal additional resources to combat the virus and also make a symbolic turning point for the president who has uh, compared this uh, to a serious and indicated it is a serious crisis. And he wants to put the people, I think, in a position where you realize that this is a serious crisis and we have to take it seriously and do the things, but we don't have to go panicking and this massive buying of toilet paper that I see, it's just amazing. You no. cannot buy toilet paper no. on Amazon. No. I mean, it's I, certain goods, that, again, I think that if the federal government decided that the best course of action would be for everyone to stay home for two weeks, and they put in place all the safeguards for employees and employers and all of that, if that was how we kind of put it into this, and that, and I don't think they've gotten to that point yet, but if they thought, okay, this is the best way to just put it into it two weeks so we can all get back to pretty much normal life. 
uh, and maybe you do that right before you got the vaccine then available or something like that. Um, you'd have to prepare, but of course, two weeks, you don't need to buy all the toilet paper at the store. Right. And other people are going to need resources too. We need to be cognizant of our fellow citizens. Um, I think that's the important thing here is we have there, there again, you want to take care of your family. Some people have different needs, bigger families, and it's, it can be scary. But uh, again, uh, I, I think do what you need to do. Uh, and I'd say, but I wouldn't say like do what you need to do for eight months underground. You know, that's not where we're at right now. Uh, most people are still going to work. Most people are still in the country going to school. Um, it's just certain localities. Uh, and now the Trump administration's also going to, from the Washington Post, partner with the private sector to do what is already being done in a couple states and cities to do drive up uh, testing sites for the for COVID nineteen, um, which again will allow people. I think what they're what, to make it where it's that you're not just like in line for ten hours. You will call and, and set an appointment time. That's not available yet, but it's something. Uh, it is available in some cities and states, but not nationally. But you'll be able to make an appointment time to see if you're if you if you have it if you if you have the fear of it. So, again, more testing. That's what a lot of we've been talking about. We'll talk about it more when we get back from the break. At the American Center for Law and Justice, we're engaged in critical issues at home and abroad. For a limited time, you can participate in the ACLJ's Matching Challenge. For every dollar you donate, it will be matched. A $10 gift becomes $20. A $50 gift becomes $100. You can make a difference in the work we do, protecting the constitutional and religious freedoms that are most important to you and your family. Give a gift today online at aclj.org. Live from Washington, D.C., Jay Sekulow Live. And now, your host, Jordan Sekulow. You know, it's, it's interesting to see how sensitive people are. And I appreciate people's sensitivities to it. But, you know, we had a couple callers call in who, because I had a little bit of a tickle in my throat, literally, I kind of host a radio show every day. Um, and so I get a little tickle in my throat sometimes, spray a little chloroseptic, everything's fine. They were nervous about it. I think that just tells you right there. Um, and again, I appreciate your concerns. I'm not. I'm not saying that's that's mean to do or wrong to do. I just say it, it shows you where people are at. One eight hundred six eight four thirty one ten. Let me go. And this is another call. We were just talking about this before we went to break with Andy. Andy and and I've seen it myself. I've gone to a couple grocery stores just to make sure what I'm seeing these images of is for real in places that don't have massive outbreaks. I'll tell you where we where we live though. The schools are closed. Now, it's spring break next week for most of those schools, and the universities have shut down completely for the rest of the year. So, I mean, there, there's been some pretty big changes. And we don't know when the schools, the public schools, private schools for K-12, through preschools, when those are going to reopen, if they will reopen after spring break next week. But they closed early. And I've been to the grocery stores, and it is true. The sections that have the least amount are in the paper product sections and cleaning product sections. And here's that's where we are. Now, Kimberly is in Wisconsin. She works at one of those stores. She's online, too. She's with us now live. Hey, Kimberly, thanks for calling and being on the air with us. Thank you for taking my call. 
I, I work at the local Piggly Wiggly in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, and uh, <laughs> yesterday all of a sudden we saw a rush of uh, people buying groceries, and so not just we're low on our toilet paper, we only have uh, limiting people to two packs of toilet paper per person, wow. and all the other groceries, people are buying two to $300 worth of groceries per person, and we're concerned that with the new shipment we get in today, we may run out still uh, of groceries in general. And I went to the Walmart in Delavan, Wisconsin, and like you're talking about, whole sections of toilet tissue and cleaning products, but also they were out of uh, like airborne, the whole section of ramen noodles was gone. Yeah. And so there's big holes in the freezer section and general dry good products. And my dad lives in Illinois and in Washington, Illinois, the Walmart had installed big metal gates that they can pull across the entrance in case they have to shut down because of wow. all of this. I mean, this is, I'm going to go to back to Than. I mean, you're in Washington, D.C., where we are. We've had some uh, COVID-19. We've had the schools shut down. The, the, I haven't seen measures quite as concerning, Kimberly, as what you're describing in Wisconsin. I don't know what the numbers even are in Wisconsin. Are they high or low? We'll check. be interesting to see. Kind of is it an overreaction? I mean, obviously, these are all panic buys. Um, it's how quickly you can get the food back on the shelves. But then at a point, this is what politically... I don't even like talking about it, but you have to you have to be honest with people. This is what again. It, it, this is the psyche part that affects the stock market. It affects the businesses. Is I mean, there's eight cases in the entire state of Wisconsin, and yet the store she works at in, in her locality, and where her her father lives in Illinois. I mean, is thinking about having to close down gates so that people don't break down the doors. Yeah, it's a little jarring to walk into a store and see uh, blank shelves. It just is, Jordan. I mean, I've experienced the same thing, although I will tell you where I live in uh, suburban D.C., uh, they weren't out of anything. They were just very low. And, Could you get uh, you know, we needed to buy. Hey, well, I didn't go to the hand sanitizer. So we, we, we had that section some... always. That's, I, no, I don't think you can get it. No. But you they did have diapers, paper. though, Jordan. Which Yeah, they had diapers, which is important for very us. But important. I will tell you this, though. People should just, instead of doing that, Jordan, they should be focused on checking in with their elderly neighbors because, you know, quite honestly, they probably shouldn't be going to the stores and you might be able to help them out and get yeah. something that they need. Yeah, there's a lot of good services now available. I'm not going to be a spokesperson for Instacart, Shipped, and uh, Amazon uh, Delivery Now, all those kind of things. Um, but there's a lot of ways where you don't have to go to the store. It might cost a little bit more. Uh, but you don't have to put yourself at risk, and you can pick out whatever you want. It can be delivered to your home usually within a couple hours or less. And uh, again, so you can use technology for good in these situations. Um, if you feel like you're someone who is at risk, or maybe you've, you were an at-risk individual uh, in a place. So so use your mind. We've also got ACLJ Victory Support. We're going to take your calls on this, 1-800-684-3110. At the American Center for Law and Justice, we're engaged in critical issues at home and abroad. Whether it's defending religious freedom, protecting those who are persecuted for their faith, uncovering corruption in the Washington bureaucracy, and fighting to protect life in the courts and in Congress, the ACLJ would not be able to do any of this without your support. For that, we are grateful. Now there's an opportunity for you to help in a unique way. For a limited time, you can participate in the ACLJ's Matching Challenge. 
For every dollar you donate, it will be matched. A $10 gift becomes $20. A $50 gift becomes $100. This is a critical time for the ACLJ. The work we do simply would not occur without your generous support. Take part in our matching challenge today. You can make a difference in the work we do, protecting the constitutional and religious freedoms that are most important to you and your family. Give a gift today online at aclj.org. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org slash gift. So we know that the president is expected to announce, obviously, the, first of all, Louisiana just postponed their Democratic primary due to COVID-19. This is going to be interesting, folks, uh, because, again, that'd be a large gathering, a lot of people standing in line together, a lot of people coming into contact who would not usually come into contact. So, and I think some of that has to do with the fact that if you close your schools, if you're closing those facilities, how are you reopening for that? It becomes difficult. And, uh, and, and as Stan was saying, look out for those neighbors in need because, you know, when those schools close, there are kids that need that meal. And a lot of schools are stepping up and still providing the meals for those in need or providing meal packages for families to take home who do need it. But that, we really need to look out for the most vulnerable. For those of us who can, just go on an app and order our groceries for right now, uh, which, which uh, uh, if you're able to do, I, I think, again, utilize those kind of functions right now. It's a good thing to do. You're still supporting the economy. You're supporting the, the, the grocery store. You're supporting the person who goes and picks up. You're just kind of, it's multiple steps. So you keep the people working. There's a lot of people who can't afford to do that. Some people can't afford to go and buy anything at the grocery store uh, or uh, to, uh, again, to cover is all the meals uh, and to get these healthy meals. So that's important. Uh, but uh, I also, and I just want to encourage you, we want to hear from you on this because there's so much news, like Louisiana becoming the first state to postpone a primary, and we have the president set to, Announced just to remind you, a, a national emergency declaration on COVID nineteen in just a couple hours from now, about two and a half hours from now. Uh, if you're listening to this broadcast live, which we broadcast noon to one p.m. Eastern time, but work continues. Though some courts have uh, started to uh, push things back or close to the public, our work continues. And, and Andy, we've got a big, we had a big pro life victory earlier in the week when it came to Maryland trying to enshrine in its state constitution the right to abortion. And we actually had the victory live on the air. The fight began and ended live on the broadcast. It was the first time ever that it's happened to ACLJ history. Did a, a little video, web video. We played that for our Facebook and Periscope audience as well. It's on my, it's on our Facebook pages and our social media. I think I'm going to get it tweeted out today. But we, so that was one on the procedural, uh, on the procedure of abortion. We also had a pro-life speech victory out of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, just announcing today. 
Yes, uh, there was an ordinance that the city of Charlotte had enacted that created a 150-foot buffer zone, noise buffer zone, uh, ostensibly with the intent uh, uh, to uh, not unreasonably disturb, injure, or endanger the health or safety of patients. Uh, but this also meant that people who were going to get abortions could not have heard or not would not be permitted to hear the alternative uh, to that. We sent a demand letter to the city of Charlotte saying that it was unconstitutionally ambiguous and that it inhibited one of our clients' efforts to counsel women within the noise buffer. And the city of Charlotte basically capitulated and said, yes, you are right and said that we will not enforce this buffer zone. And uh, Ms. Lewis, who was our client, could seek written assurances and had she could use the letter as a written assurance that she could continue her efforts uninhibited. So that was yet another victory for free speech at these abortion clinics. These killing facilities is really what they are uh, by doing away with this of free speech, so-called no speech zone or buffer zone by allowing people to hear the alternative to having a child basically killed. You know, this, again, I just want you to understand, we caught this one early because the person who thought, hey, this law seems wrong because it doesn't even tell me what I really can do. Like, what is too loud? What is What is too much disturbance? Didn't define that. This, uh, this city code, an ordinance. They contacted us at aclj.org forward slash help. It's our legal help intake. And as we say, and we're for real, because of your donations, we get people, I mean, within 24 hours, you're being contacted by an ACLJ attorney. And if it's a matter we can assist on, it falls within the work that we do, we do it. And because of that, because someone, again, they, they took the initiative. And they didn't wait for the city and ordinance to to be used against them criminally, and to file, you know, to to end up they end up uh, get imprisoned, because they took action. Than through aclj.org forward slash help, we were able to make sure to protect pro life speech in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a pretty big city to say, hey, we just protected pro life speech in because someone was able to contact us at aclj.org slash help. And we've got enough attorneys who can answer all of those incoming in, uh, uh, questions of people that have issues, uh, potential issues. And we encourage people, don't be afraid to submit uh, what you think is potentially something that is wrong that the ACLJ could help you with. Because here again, it wasn't just protecting the pro-life speech of that one person. It's now in all of Charlotte, North Carolina, pro-life speech is protected. There's a quick resolution, Jordan, but I would tell you this, if that contact doesn't come in, that ordinance stands today and it goes into effect. And, and quite frankly, it probably emboldens the community, the city, the county uh, to expand on those. I mean, so who knows how far down the line it gets before there actually is an effort to combat it. So I would just encourage people contact us sooner rather than later when the resolution can be quick. And I would add on top of that, Jordan, uh, you mentioned the win in, in Maryland at the state legislature. That really is, is sort of in the same vein, too, because we had the resources to send an attorney, uh, a team of attorneys, actually, to, to cut that effort off at the pass before it actually got written into the bill, got passed out of committee, and then uh, uh, the attempt to amend the Constitution was moved forward. Uh, Jordan, you, you want to catch them then before they get inertia. And I, I would tell you this, on both the ordinance and the effort to amend the Constitution, they're 
coming back. I mean, th- those those are not ending. You have to remain vigilant. I imagine we'll have to probably have to send attorneys to the Maryland legislature next year, but we are willing to do it so long as we have the resources to have the attorneys uh, to do it. But hey, look, you got you got to spread out from Charlotte uh, to Annapolis. Those are two big victories this week, folks. This is why you support the work of the ACLJ. Victories like that, two big victories in a week that, again, attentions of the country are on other places, but not our attorneys. And just because our broadcast, we may be talking about something else, our attorneys are hard at work on the core issues that matter to you at the American Center for Law and Justice. Donate to the ACLJ. It's a matching challenge month of March. If you donate online right now at aclj.org, you double the impact of your donation. What does that mean? Your $25 donation is like $50 for the ACLJ, but you're charged $25. Your $50 donation, that's like $100 for the ACLJ. $100 is like $200. 10 is like $20. I mean, no amount is too small, too large. Because it's the reason why, and also it keeps us broadcast on the air to all the stations, 1,000-plus stations carry us every day, Monday through Friday, some on Saturdays as well. Uh, we're, we get to broadcast to you on Facebook and Periscope with a uh, television-quality broadcast, multi-camera shoot every day. We're able to step right off the air, put together that video on the win in Maryland, that pro-life win, so you can share it with your friends and family on social media. Uh, we're able to, again, do all of this legal work, government affairs work, policy work, and the broadcast, all because of you. We're also on SiriusXM because of you. So we give all these different places people can engage just with the broadcast. And we've got the attorneys hard at work, ready to go, defending your rights and defending the rights of the board, defending speech rights, religious liberty rights. This is a time to donate to the ACLJ. Because it. I, just want, I think it kind of underscores, too, we don't get distracted. Our work continues on. The fight always continues. So you go to aclj.org. Donate today, and again, your donation effectively doubled at aclj.org because I mean, it, it is. It's, we've got a group of donors ready to match all the donations that come through in the month of March. We're still a little bit behind. We shouldn't be. aclj.org. That's aclj.org. And Than, I want to pull this right to the COVID-19 legislation because when it comes to this life issues, whether we're talking about pro-life free speech, whether we're talking about trying to enshrine abortion as a constitutional right in Maryland, defeating that effort within 45 minutes, which we did. Live while we were on the air, our attorneys in, in uh, the Maryland State Capitol defeated that effort. and We were able to bring it to people live, that, that victory. Or Nancy Pelosi and Democrats at a time when the president's about to declare national emergency on COVID-19, and there's been a pandemic declared around the world, still tries to use that opportunity to get a, a work around the Hyde Amendment so that we start paying and reimbursing uh, abortion clinics for, for performing abortions. A workaround, Jordan, that would circumvent long-settled policy that both sides of the aisle, quite frankly, have left in statute for a long time, making sure that those uh, discretionary funds, taxpayer dollars, are not used to fund abortion. But, Jordan, I can't tell you how many times these developments happen on a Friday afternoon. I mean, I can tell you right now what what's going to happen when I get off air. As soon as this legislation is out, as soon as the wording is out, we're going to be needing to go through it and make sure that the agreement that Secretary Mnuchin achieved has actually reflected accurately 
in the language. I'm I'm so glad that the Trump administration caught this, that they engaged and that they've negotiated, it appears, a resolution to this. But Jordan, uh, look, you, you just can't trust this process. You have to have the resources and the personnel to be able to look at the language and 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 uh, confirm that the agreement that has been hammered out is indeed doing I, I'm sure, Jordan, that, that Secretary Mnuchin and his team are doing it as well. But I got to tell you, these things move fast. The House is planning on voting on this new piece of legislation in a matter of hours. So we're going to go in and we're going to be vigilant and we're going to make sure that the promise that the Secretary, uh, that Speaker Pelosi has allegedly made, that it's actually reflected in the text. It's all part of it. And Jordan, it usually happens on a Friday. All right, we come back. Final segment. Get your calls in now. I want your reports on how COVID-19 is affecting your community. Now, you got to get your calls in right now, 1-800-684-3110, to get on the air for the final segment of the broadcast. 1-800-684-3110. And support the work of the ACLJ. We're a little bit behind still. There's no excuse for that. Go to aclj.org. Donate today. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org gift. At the American Center for Law and Justice, we're engaged in critical issues at home and abroad. Whether it's defending religious freedom, protecting those who are persecuted for their faith, uncovering corruption in the Washington bureaucracy, and fighting to protect life in the courts and in Congress, the ACLJ would not be able to do any of this without your support. For that, we are grateful. Now there's an opportunity for you to help in a unique way. For a limited time, you can participate in the ACLJ's Matching Challenge. For every dollar you donate, it will be matched. A $10 gift becomes $20. A $50 gift becomes $100. This is a critical time for the ACLJ. The work we do simply would not occur without your generous support. Take part in our Matching Challenge today. You can make a difference in the work we do, protecting the constitutional and religious freedoms that are most important to you and your family. Give a gift today online at aclj.org. Now, if you were just watching on Facebook or Periscope, but if uh, again most of you are listening on radio stations or SiriusXM, um, I, I did a short video. Remember, we talked about on air that uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib was pictured on her Facebook page. She posted the picture of herself uh, with, with a T-shirt that erased Israel from the map of Israel because, again, the she's advocating the extinction of the Jewish state of Israel. You know, no two-state solution, no living side by side in peace. Uh, but at the same time, we're dealing with this, the ICC as well, Andy. This is another issue. Again, it's in our, your email. Uh, if you get the ACLJ emails, it came from my dad today. Um, this morning, you'll see the email about that and how, again, it ties right into our work at the ICC where we file on Monday. Yes, that's right. The 
prosecutor for the International Criminal Court is trying to get the court to declare, to make a declaration of what the boundaries of the state of Palestine are. First of all, there is no state of Palestine. There was a Roman province of Palestine, but that was ancient history. So she, she uh, Fatuda Ben Suda, who is the prosecutor, is trying to essentially tell the court to establish boundaries for a sovereign state. You can't do this under international law. It's not permitted. That's not what it's all about. We are filing a brief, a 30-page brief, in opposition to that position with the International Criminal Court. I have read several drafts of it. After radio, I am intending to read the final draft that we are going to be submitting to the court, which is due on Monday, which says this is not the case. The state of Israel cannot be essentially eliminated by the International Criminal Court declaring what the boundaries of the non-existent state of Palestine are. You know, this is another example, folks, of the vast work we're doing at the ACLJ. We've got all this expertise. We could be doing these pro-life speech cases. We could be testifying to Maryland State Senate. We had members of the president's legal team, including me, during the impeachment trial um, on the Senate floor. My dad's preparing to argue uh, a case of the U.S. Supreme Court on behalf of the president uh, at the end of this month. We have team involving you know the international criminal court on standing with israel uh, we have the broadcast we have the pro-life speech victory in charlotte this is all happening this week this is all ongoing in the midst of the crisis and the covid 19 and and all the issues that we've been talking about been focusing on a radio broadcast and, and primaries and this joe biden locked up all those things we talked about all this work continues with aclj you can find out a lot about it at aclj.org and if you're on our email list but the reason it all moves forward, that we're not just a radio show and we, you know we're not uh, just hired by stations to provide a radio broadcast. In fact, we're on the air in all these places because of your support to the ACLJ, because of your donations. We're on the air on a thousand plus radio stations. And at the same time, we have you know legal teams preparing to go back to the ICC to defend the state, uh, the, Israel's position. We have the pro-life victories to report this week because of legal. These are lawyers across the country and across the world that you empower with your donations. And no donation is too small. You know, the, I think the average donation to ACLJ this month has been somewhere between $35 and $40. That's the average. So you don't have to, it doesn't have to be something that puts you, economic, puts you, you know, in any kind of economic strain. I would never encourage you to do that. But if you've got $35 you can donate, this is a great time to do it. Because the matching challenge month, you actually double the impact of your donation. That's at aclj.org. Donate today. We're a little bit behind this month of March. I get why, too. People are distracted. There's a lot of distracting issues like COVID-19 and, and um, what is going to happen, the stock market, things like that. But think about that. The average donation that funds all of the work the ACLJ is somewhere between $35 and $40. And in this month, if you donated $35, it'd be like donating $70. If you donated $40, it'd be like donating $80. Donate online at aclj.org. Now, there's one other issue I do want to cover today because it could expire by Sunday, and that's the Pfizer reauthorization. Then, where is that as we speak at this moment? I know it's not finished yet, and we may not know the final answer while we're on the broadcast of what happens this weekend, uh, but certainly we know that the president has hinted at a potential veto. 
Yeah, and in all likelihood, Jordan, it looks like it will expire come Sunday. The House uh, actually passed pretty overwhelmingly with quite a bipartisan vote. It was a vote of 278 to 136, an extension of the three provisions of FISA that were going to expire. They're the ones related to the government's ability to get business records, uh, to go after lone wolves, and then also the roving wiretap provisions, which are probably the ones that our listeners are most familiar with. Uh, Jordan, I would tell you two things. First of all, they did pass some things inside the House bill that I think are, are pretty good. They included built-in uh, penalties for, for violators. Uh, they can include criminal contempt and also up to eight years in prison. They require the attorney general to sign off on investigations of elected officials or candidates. Again, we saw abuse targeted at President Trump and his campaign, so that would help that. And Jordan, they also do allow the court to authorize uh, some of these proceedings to be adversarial. They would, they would assign an amici, uh, which is basically an attorney to go in and represent the targeted uh, the person targeted with a FISA application, but Jordan, only only if it involves a First Amendment case. So again, the Carter Page one certainly would have, uh, but I would tell you, I think it needs to go a lot farther. I think any American citizen who is targeted by the FISA court has to have this protection. And I think that's what triggered the president's tweet. I think he would like them to see it go a lot further. Uh, Jordan, the Senate plans to take this up, uh, but we're going to have to see what the president does on this. This would extend it all the way through December of 2023, Jordan. So we're not talking about a short-term extension. And I would tell you, I think that might be what the president asked for, something shorter so yeah. you can get more of these of these reforms in there. Yeah, something shorter is what I would like to see. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with I, – I would because I would like to see a full change. I don't want FISA to exist anymore. I want, I want the power to exist, but I want to exist with a different name and a fresh start with fresh rules instead of just trying to always fix the, the, the holes, fit, you know, plug the holes here and there, have a fresh start. With a lot of what they've added, but like Than, like you said, like if it involves an American, it needs to have the safeguard immediately triggered. Not I, if it I involves so. a First Amendment issue. I, mean, I don't even know what what is. I, I'm thinking, what does that mean exactly? A First Amendment issue, a warrantless wired, a, a wire roving wiretap that you don't know about, is a First Amendment issue. I would think it is, and and and, and it needs. To, and I agree with you. It so needs if you're an American, be- bad American or good American, you should have that due process. Yes, and and I think it does need a fresh approach altogether. The Carter Page situation, I think, highlighted the fact that you can't fix a broken system, a broken system such as the we see under the current FISA scheme by simply making plugs here and there. I think, and I agree with you. Uh, it authorizes an amicus, a friend of the court, <laughs> assigned to cases involving First Amendment political cases. What does that mean exactly? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, if it only involves political cases, I mean. Which they already has to get special sign off now. So I, again, I feel like they're they're offering something that won't actually exist, or would rarely exist. Uh, but I don't like the the extension time period. That's what that's my little concern with it. I get that some members of Congress and they they know more than I. I they they get classified briefings about how how utilized this is. Now the last guy who ran FISA said it was overly politicized and not used at all for proper reasons. I mean that was a government official who said that and that. Uh, post 9-11 world, it really wasn't being used appropriately. We, we have evidence now of that. We know that's been the case. So I, I, I could see why the president would veto this and say, send me something back that's, that is shorter reauthorization and go back to work. Go back to work. But, uh, but Dan, uh, are we expecting the Senate to make any changes at all? 
I, I think they will. I think they'll have to okay. to get it passed, Jordan. Otherwise, it's going to expire. And look, we shouldn't let the same officials who already abused the process make that determination about which cases are First Amendment cases. Yeah. That's something we shouldn't do. Yeah, very concerned about that. So we're going to keep you updated on that. We can come back on the air on Monday. Again, the president set to declare a national emergency. If you're listening to the show live, it just uh, about two hours from now. We'll keep you updated on social media and at aclj.org and encourage you to be part of our matching challenge and donate today. At the American Center for Law and Justice, we're engaged in critical issues at home and abroad. For a limited time, you can participate in the ACLJ's matching challenge. For every dollar you donate, it will be matched. A $10 gift becomes $20. A $50 gift becomes $100. You can make a difference in the work we do, protecting the constitutional and religious freedoms that are most important to you and your family. Give a gift today online at aclj.org.